Hey, 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 it's MMA and Beyond. We've made it to episode nine. Thank you so much, everybody. We talk about fights, the fight game, mindset, and whatever else comes up. Thank you so much for your messages. Thank you for visiting MMAandBeyond.com. Thank you for reaching out to Ray, to me, to Mike, to to Tony Fightshape Ricci, who's back in today. Wait, has somebody reached out to Mike? <laughs> no, seriously. I, I, I we, want you to think about do, it. Take a, take I, a, I want to tell you, as much as I don't learn my lesson, right. we get people who comment on, on Mike. Well, they, they, com- they, yeah, okay. they comment. They comment yeah, I mean, on they, Mike. I don't know that they're reaching out Comment and reaching out is two different things. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm just trying to clarify it. That, that, is, that is a more clear uh, statement, folks. Everybody who's participating in the show, we really... We really appreciate. We hit any topic you want to talk about, any message you get to. Of course, we sort we sift through Steph, Chris. They sift through the messages and 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 make this happen for us. What's going on, Ray? Man, just uh, we're two weeks away from uh, the Barclays Center, That's right. uh, Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York, man. Brooklyn in the house. Big man. Very excited. Very very excited. A lot of work. You getting any sleep? Uh, I'm getting my sleep. But I'm working my ass off. But I'm definitely I prior I really prioritize the sleep at this point. So ha, have you noticed any change in yourself since you've endeavored for the for a while now? You've endeavored in physical fitness on your own. So you're yeah. I'm watching you train. Right. When I'm at the gym, you're training and you're you're putting in some hours and yeah. a lot of blood, sweat, and tears as well. Have you noticed that the way that you approach a camp for your fighters change because you're in better shape, feeling better, feeling stronger? I think so. You know, I think I'm, you know, I was drifting off a little bit and now I'm, I'm really feel like I'm back mentally and physically and the working out really helps you just focus in on what you have to do and what everybody else has to do. And I mean, it's, it's really, I'm really working out just to stay healthy and just to be able to keep up with these guys, which is not easy. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a grinding schedule. It's a grinding schedule. So, I mean, if I'm saying, if I don't work out now, I mean, there's a, there's a chance I'm not making it. (laughs) I mean, so it's, it's, it's really almost a necessity (laughs) at this point. Yeah. Tony, Tony, Fight Shape Ricci back. Yeah, and of great course, to be back. Tony Ricci at Fight Shape nice. underscore Ricci. And, of course, Fight Science Institute. Excited. What, yes, what, very tell excited. Us, tell me a little bit more about it. You, you were talking earlier about what you're writing, the things that you want to endeavor to talk about and really make to hone in the information for fighters and for teams. Yeah, tell definitely, Steve. It's wonderful because we I've collaborated with a, a few strength coaches and nutritionist regarding the Fight Science Institute, Dr. Corey Peacock. He's he's down there with Henry Hooft at uh, Hard Knocks 365. We got Phil DeRue from ATT. And uh, and then uh, Chris Algieri, you know, WBO junior welterweight champion and uh, kickboxing world champ too that people often forget. But, but the intention of the Fight Science Institute is we're going to be researching. We're going to be looking at modalities and methods to maybe how we can actually enhance and improve fight performance, sharing the current base of knowledge, what we know exists and what we think works, and uh, try to ask the right questions to go on and continue to advance something we love. You know, we're just a bunch of guys who really love fight physiology, and and we're aggregating this institution. We're going to put a a certification together with it and shared, like we said, the current research. We are going to make concerted efforts as well to try to make new methods to improve, to test, to, to really ask, does strength and conditioning and nutrition really help the fighter? And if it does, how? And then we're making sure we're doing it the best possible way. That's the goal of FSI. So this is good for, for fighters that 
maybe aren't on a big team or, or don't have really that logistical support some of the bigger teams have? Is this a fighter in Kentucky somewhere who wants to understand the weight cutting system a little bit better? Yeah, absolutely. But can't, doesn't yep. have access to to uh, top-notch brains like yourself. That's a great, yeah, particularly the coaches. And a lot of times what we want to do is, is bring science into the entry-level coach. And we say entry-level, just years of experience, somebody transitioning maybe from just boxing, now going to MMA, or a young coach who is just a strength coach but has not uh, you know, got their work into MMA yet. So the FSI will help them do that. It definitely will help them start to think about how do I approach fight sports and fight physiology because the wonderful thing about fighting i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen you know you'll hear the old saying an athlete is an athlete right just make a better athlete and you definitively make a better fighter i a golfer is not a fighter period and so fight sports are unique they have unique qualities whether it's how to eat the energy systems used how to prepare mentally how to use physical training to prepare them so we're trying to just introduce this method of thinking to young incoming coaches, as well as share knowledge with, with the great scientists who are already out there providing it with us. And one of the things we're doing is releasing that weight cut book next week as part of the FSI. Well, I, well, I remember speaking to you about weight cutting. There was a few people who, who missed weight. There was a time that uh, Khabib uh, yes, we missed, had spoken you know, to almost yep, died yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. missing weight. And uh, that becomes a, it, it becomes a challenge. Ray, when, when a fighter's worried about, on top of everything, his weight and the mindset that comes to that that kind of physiological response to weight cutting. That's got to be a huge thing when you're... I think it's... Listen, me and Tony have had this conversation a million yeah, times. Yeah. Like, the guy that I see 10 days out from the fight is sometimes a different guy than I see the night of the fight. And that, to me, is always heartbreaking because that weight cut becomes critical. And I'll tell you, this information, I'm sure it's going to change, you know, but i tell you what, man, 15 years ago... We could have used that book because yeah. nobody really knew what they were doing. I remember so being at So what was like a, the technique you would use? I had a was, well, you know, you went back to the rubber suits and all of that. Yeah, it was like stupid, really, really stupid in, in hindsight. But I remember being at a fight with Matt. Uh, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. And I remember, I think it was <laughs> Gil Castillo. I think I got good. What a great guy, man. He was a, I want to say he was a welterweight champ. You know, right around that UFC 27, 28. Yeah, yeah, remember Gil was a nice guy. Yeah. Just ran into him. I didn't him. know him, but I remember. Uh, if sure. I tell you that guy saved us on the weight cut. Really? Like, yeah, he awesome. saved us that day. Like, no, no, you could do that. Just cut this out. And like, you know, and then everybody kind of was on the, uh, you know, the water loading thing to me was new. That came in. And uh, I think we used to just, you know, do like the, uh, you know, four to six ounces of chicken, half a cup of brown rice cut it down to a quarter cup the week before, get your workouts in, and that, mm -hmm. that was it. You know, so still kind of in the ballpark. Yeah, but I yeah, mean, yeah. But there wasn't, like, you didn't have a lot of people around that could make you feel good. Like, you know, if you have a problem and Tony's there, or, you know, you have somebody <laughs> right. else. Who, yeah, it's, it's, that's nice to be able to bounce some information sure. off because you're not really sure. And that's where, that's where it gets tricky, and that's when you re need a real – expert you know it's almost like that's why i say even like sometimes with dr sherry i mean like it, it's something like Very there's, there's She's smart. something for me to say i think you sprained your wrist but she actually knows she's the, you on know the what spot. yeah, yeah right she on the spot she's gonna she's gonna comfort right. you you know what i mean and and to have that type of knowledge around is huge you know it's really huge and so when you have that knowledge at the right time because anybody could run a basic thing 
But again, it's almost like in a fight. But when there's adversity and things ain't going right, you might have did one thing. You better have good people around you. You're, you're, you're screwed in that fight, period. And we've seen it happen. And, uh, you know, that's why I think the more knowledge, the better. And like you say, the guy in Kentucky or whatever, they're probably far and few in between now because I think it's so, it's been operating so long, but never enough information on that stuff. Exactly. Never enough. There's so many dimensions to the training. Like, I mean, the, yeah. the, before the guy gets into the cage, the ring, whatever it is, yeah. there's so many aspects to this. Well, that that's the one aspect that it's drives huge. me insane, though, because, like, again, I watch guys perform 15 pounds above where they have to be, and they're, 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 they're different, man. It's just... Is that an argument for... Or I, I think we, we hit this last yeah. time talking about me, you know, fighting at your walk around weight or, or at a peak weight, not, you know, not dropping those last 15 pounds. Would, is, would that just be tough to regulate? Uh, I think I think the problem comes in in the regulation. I think that's where it is, because you'd have to, you know, weigh everybody in a month out. And they, I think they try to do something, or what? They got the DEXA well, scan, or what? What do they yeah, call well, the that? Well, California State Athletic Commission, and they were looking at ways yeah. to to tech, uh You need to be, you can have to be within a certain percentage of scale weight, like yeah. thirty days out, and that's not a bad idea. They're just, it's not easy to do. Because that, that, you got that's fighters the problem. But idea-wise, I think it sounds like a safe thing because then at least you're not going. Yeah. You're not dropping 30 pounds in a week. Right, you know what right. I mean? Where and that's at that, where, yeah, at that point, they would take body weight. Um, yeah. You know, but not everybody has dex or access. Some of the people look scary, man, on uh, at the weigh-in. I mean, some they of, can. I oh, even remember. I, I don't remember which McGregor fight it was. Hey, remember, yeah, he looked yeah. like a skeleton oh, yeah. skin on. At forty-five, he did. Yeah. Yeah, and I tell you, the older you get, that shit starts to run a little dry. You know, but Absolutely. I remember that time when Chris fought Damian Maya was horrendous. That was the one where he was he was passing I mean, out. Yeah, you're online. Like I'm online to the weigh-in. I'm moving the chair for him. He has to get up, and then he'd have to sit down, and it was it was horrible, man. And again, I'm, I'm, I'll never forget. And I know I've said this before, but after that, when he <laughs> we got back to the hotel, and he goes, "Never doing that again." I mean, like it was just like I think we said at the same time, it was just gut wrenching to watch. And I was like, "My, I just don't feel good even being a part of this," you know. So, so how does that for you and your experience, uh, Tony? How does that? How do you maintain that mindset and 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 a positive, strong mindset while somebody's going through something? So. It, there's no way that it, that traumatic wouldn't be an accurate description of what the body's going through. How do you maintain that mindset and keep those levels at a, at a peak performance? Is yeah. it possible to have the two? Under under this condition. Or is it as peak as possible under the circumstances? Yeah, well, under the circumstance where like, you have short notice, right. you, you know, it's, boy, if you're young, um, you probably will recover so quickly from what was such a drastic procedure that... Come 30 hours later, 24 hours later, if you have a, a, re, a relatively decent rehydration and refueling protocol, you'll feel pretty good. Yeah. So you can recover from it. You, so a, a bad a bad weight cut to some extent could be mitigated by a good rehire or refuel, and a wonderful weight cut could be destroyed by a bad rehire yeah. and refuel. But but wow. to your point, you know, yeah, anything, to, this is to Ray's point, yeah. within 24 hours, you can go from yeah. Godzilla to... You know, the, what I always say the little mermaid. Yeah, I, I like no, the little no, mermaid. Yeah, I hate picking on her. Really but uh, that was, you know, it's just an analogy, yeah, right? I, mean, I, I learned to stop talking before the fights and just wait to see what happens. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes right. you're so positive and then you're, the guy's telling you, man, I just don't feel good, man. And then you're right, like, wow, right. we just, 
you you everything's done at that point. But uh, you know, look, I don't think I don't think we know the long term effect of weight cutting consistently like this because it's almost like yo yo dieting. You're up, you're but, down, but, you're but up. That can't be good for you. It can't be it's good. not yeah, good. Yeah, it can't we be not, good. we yeah. don't know what it is, but we know what it isn't, and that's right. good for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't not think it's gonna. You know, supersede, you know, getting punched in the head 20 times. But you mentioned getting older and how the dynamics of things might change for your ability to do that and your ability to maybe compete. We were talking about uh, USADA and uh, PED uh, issues. Last week, of course, we we discussed uh, Marco Polo Reyes uh, popping hot, and, and he fought uh, our, our our buddy Steamroller Frivola, yeah. and uh, and and what a heartbreak that is. Uh, and now uh, Augusto Mendez flagged for an out of competition yeah. sample, and that was Marab's. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. So two times in a row. Now it's really hitting home, you know. Yeah. So it's funny because last night I did an interview for Newsday with Mark Lamonica, and while we were talking about this, I said, you know what? It just hit me out of nowhere. I was like, I have the answer to this, and this I think is. I really want to, you know, promote this because I think it's huge. But, look, the UFC, they have a great performance institute. They mm-hmm. put a lot of money. How many top-notch people do they have? They're the greatest in the world. Exactly. Here's what, shop so here's, here's, the, here's the solution. They start a supplement company. The UFC starts a supplement 100% UFC supplements. You have to use those supplements. That's it. We take this off the table. There's no more I want to clear my name and the supplement was bad. Hey, you know what? Put together, I don't think that's a big expense compared to what they've done. Have a supplement company. These are the, these are the, what do you want? Protein powder, branch chain amino. So exclusive UFC supplement company for while you're in training camp? Hey, or no, just but any, any while you're you under it. contract Exactly. This is it. What, what, what do you want? You want right. supplement? I mean, what are they using? I don't think that's a big deal. Now you know nothing can happen. Right. You know, put Navinsky, or, let him monitor the, mm-hmm. the supplement company. If something company. does happen, it's under their watch and say, exactly. we got this. And we know it's one bullshit our, at that point. One, one of right. our companies, you know, I mean, whatever. they did have a deal with, uh, I think it was Zions at the time. In the beginning, I, the muscle right. farm. Right, right. So I think this is the solution. Yeah. You get one supplement company. This is what you use for the fighters. They control everything else, right? They want to control the, the Avid, the Reebok, the, the performance and everybody. This is a no-brainer. Yeah, I, you start I a like supplement yep. company. Now yeah. what happens when the guy says, that there's no more tainted supplements? Right. You know? The quality assurance procedures through, through National Science Foundation or GMP, uh, good manufacturing. Right they're they're mean, all there. No, you can regulate that and, and, and be I very mean, successful. I, I think that would be a you huge qu- thing. Quality we take that yeah. off the table. Now what are you going to say? Now what happened? Now it can't be a tainted supplement. Oh, here's the you know, bottom because, line, Rady. Like your even point. like Victor Conte, what did he say? Like he he suspected John Jones was mega was microdosing on uh, mm-hmm. testosterone, and he got a bad batch because they don't clean the batches right. So you know, in my head, I'm envisioning <laughs> the scene out of Narcos where they're making the coke out in the jungles. Like I think this is where he goes to get his. His TRT and yeah, yeah, of course, those guys don't look like they're too <laughs> conscious about. Hey, let's clean up the uh, vats. You know, we're now uh, coming. You know what I mean? This is horrible. This is the solution. Start the company. This is where you get your supplements. Period. You know what? And here's why that is a great idea. Because, and again, you're not never going to get. Let me make this clear. We talked about it last yeah. week. I went on a tirade about yeah. it. But you're never going to get the same results as you will from an RX. Uh, however. Whey protein, creatine, beta alanine, fish oils, uh, at, uh, during caloric deprivation, potentially the, the branch chain aminos, if, if the fighter isn't eating as much, like you aggregate those supplements used properly 
and you're going to get a, some pretty darn good results. Yeah. You're going to get good recovery results. You can get improved power. Uh, you can even enhance. It's a neuroenergetic, the creatine, uh, potentially even beta alanine. In better words, you, you really can enhance performance and recovery through good supplementation and good diet. Right. Is it going to mimic TRT? It, it's not. I'm going to tell you straight out, nothing does, despite the fact that some people say it does. But the point is, and not only is Ray making a good point regarding the quality assurance, yeah. But you can get 30 to 40% of some of that benefit safely I'm just with saying, OTC hey, put supplements. Them, put, the money, put the money to a really good use, man. I like the I idea. mean, how A great. natural continuation from creating the, the institute. I, I, of course. What else would you want? Now, that, that is not a problem anymore. Mm -hmm. If you took another supplement, you got to answer why now. Yeah. And even see from what the I'm UFC's saying? Like, point of view as a corporation, yeah. what an incredible step that would be to clean up the sport. I think that's a huge thing. You yeah, heard it I, here I, on I, MMA and Beyond, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, no, I think that, it's wonderful. That'll probably be my only contribution <laughs> of the night. But that hit me yesterday, and I'm like, wow. And I think it was because I, I had this thought of science at the time, which they had something to do with. But this is the answer. Forget about making money off it. It doesn't have to be that. You know, it could just be an expense that I'm sure they're not making money with the, you know, I don't know what they're doing with the Performance Institute. I haven't seen it, it yet, it, but that looked like a big undertaking. This cannot be a big deal. If, if they were to figure out how to create and to ensure through quality control supplements that the fighters use and keep them and it's maintain them the table, clean without Steve. them it's, being. It's done. It it's off the table. Incredible. It would be newsworthy. It would be. It would be a, a benchmark for other organizations. Absolutely, the UFC yeah. would benefit tremendously from that, and the fighters as well. For the, for the for the ones who want to honestly enhance themselves, cheaters are always going to cheat. Yeah. But but they're going to have to find another way. They're going to have gonna, to find. And another you know way. what? And as and as the UFC would be able to call and bullshit. The, as, that's right. And as crazy as human nature is, I almost want to do it just to see what they come up with because it's going to be bizarre. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, they're yeah, coming yeah, exactly. up. You know they're coming up with something. As soon as, well, yeah. as soon as somebody listens to yeah. your your proposal yeah. tonight, somebody else oh, is going to yeah. try oh, to figure out. Oh, they're already working on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, in case long goes right, and yeah. this does go. Oh, to, yeah, what this is bad. Yeah. Sudden influx of UFOs. Let's start. Let's start snorting the Cialis again. Holy crap. Crap! There's I mean, abductions. another guy. It's just another guy. Want to clear my name? I can't I, wait till my name gets cleared. <laughs> I mean, they tested 17 supplements. Nothing came back with anything in it. I don't know. Those are pretty good odds. No, <laughs> those are pretty good odds. Now, this is the answer. Yes, they're gonna like take it. control of this, and that's it. Period. Hey, Done deal. We move on in every facet. All right. Just every. quickly, it's also it's for the athlete safety. Exactly. If you enhance recovery and you can enhance hydration safely. You enhance fighter safety, period. Exactly. And I'm sure that at the UFC center, they have some sort of nutrition coaching and that kind of well, stuff. Well, they got, look, I've, I've met Bo Sandoval, who is the head strength coach, awesome guy, yeah. great strength coach. The um, director of sports science, Duncan French, sharp. These guys are great. And then Clint. Waterberg. Well, I think I know his a, cousin, Dunkin' yep. Donuts. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Dunkin', <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts be better than half the stuff these guys are putting in. But Clint is the, um, the director Duncan of nutrition there. <laughs> and they, yeah. those guys are sharp. They, they, they can help you. And, and, and even something like, um, uh, what's what's the name of Rogan's uh, thing? On it? On yeah. it. On yeah, it. So yeah, even yeah. something like On it, where they, they seem to pride themselves on getting, you know, 
legitimate sources and, right. and getting like that kind of stuff. Working. So there, there you're seeing a company who's endeavoring. Right. And I want to look. That. I want to stress too. There's some really good supplement yeah. companies that we got. We got dimetized. Yeah, no, I love yep. their supplements, but I'm saying adopt something fig- like that. It, yes, but then we don't want. You know, like again, if it's UFC and it's got the UFC label on it and it's their facility stamp, period. That's not to say that on it, dimetized. These are great companies, but you they're then, taking the responsibility. You're still opening by, up by the, the area to, exactly. Yeah, sure, I love it. You know, <laughs> you heard it here, folks. UFC official supplements. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. You could contribute contribute to the show at MMAandBeyond.com. You could reach Ray Longo at Ray Longo MMA or his gym website, LawMMA.com. You could reach me at Steve Maraboli, one word, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find me pretty easily online. And Tony Ricci, Fight Shape Ricci. You could reach him at, at Fight Shape underscore Ricci or Fight Science Institute, one word, of course. Uh, Tony Ricci is a professor with the Department of Sports Sciences at Long Island University in Brooklyn, New York, and has over 20 years of experience with boxers and MMA athletes. And again, thanks so much for coming on. We're gonna, let's go to, to some of the, the questions as we continue on this and, show. And can we get the Mr. Producer last week's notes? There was a girl that tweeted something about how she enjoyed Rosigliano getting his balls busted. I think we should give... <laughs> no, I would like to give her a personal thank you and to tell her that there's going to be many more. There we go. And just... Uh, you know where is he tonight? Where is he tonight? He's away. He he did he did offer to call in. Yeah, and he had the balls to offer to call in like somebody wants to hear him. I, I, I this guy is this is incredible to me. <laughs> me. Oh my god! Let's go. Let's go with John. John from Mississippi. John asks, how much time do you spend watching your opponents' past fights, and how big of a role does it play in the fight game? Uh, John from Mississippi. Yeah, so so watching uh, opponents pass fights and, and how, how big of a role does it play uh, in the fight game? Yeah, I think it plays a pretty big role. Uh, We're talking about behavior again. Yeah. Mm-hmm, Tony, mm-hmm. you and I talk about this. Oh, look, you, you could take this any way you want. You yeah. could watch, like for you, Steve, you could watch a guy's interviews and come up with, you know, wow, he's just not confident or he's leaning towards I, that. I had that conversation yeah. with a fighter today. I mean, if you really want to take this to the next level, yeah, that, that would be something to do. Obviously... There's, I mean, two trained, two schools of thought, but I, I like watching so I know what to expect and how to mimic a guy if you could do it in sparring. doesn't mean it's easy. Sometimes you can't find the right, you know, body type. You know, if a guy's 6'4 and he weighs 155 pounds, right. you got to make adjustments. Five, but, yeah. like, I, I, I got to tell you, it would be nice to know, like, who, who's the uh, welterweight? I mean, the uh, lightweight, the big guy from, like, Texas. He's making a run now. Uh, oh, Vic. I got a kid. Yes, yeah, yes, Vic, yes, right? Yes, you know, yes. like, like imagine you have to fight him and you didn't look I, him up and you don't know anything. Yeah, and yeah. You're 5'8", 155 pounds. You get to the weigh-in and you see this guy. So, look, there's a lot to be said. You got to do your research. I mean, if you want to take it further, you could listen to interviews. And you know what? Maybe sometimes it'll just help you by the guy says something and you, you know what? I'm going to beat this guy. You just get it in your head. And, you know, mindset is everything I, and attitude is I'm everything. How many listening. fights are win and lost? Won or lost on the wrong attitude. I mean, just it's just horrible, you know. Especially when I see a talented guy do that. Yeah. yeah. But so yeah. uh, So to answer your question, uh, John. John. uh, Yeah, a lot. I'm going to say not a lot of time, but definitely we look at everybody and we sit down with the fighters most of the time, and 
I know. would imagine it varies also. Yeah. But how, how much fight history they have and, and, and what kind of uh, technical fighter they might be. Yeah, I mean, there were times like I would look, like even with Chris, we'd watch, you know, some fights. He'd, he'd, he'd spend like two minutes a guy could beat the guy. You know, and at that time when he was coming up, I'm like, that's good enough for me. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I believe you know, Yeah, yeah, you know, but you, I could tell by the just the demeanor and the conviction in his voice. I'm like, yeah, and he never really proved me wrong. So that was always, man, always made me feel good, Absolutely. you know. And yeah, then, you know, other guys are a little different, but uh, it's always good to know what to expect. And, and not only, and I'm, let me mention another thing, John. A lot of times I'll go back and I'll look at my guy's last fight. So I get an idea of what they're looking at and, you know, what they might be picking up on and to change that around. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it without you giving... You do that with the sparring as well, right? Yeah. I mean, without giving away all the trade right. secrets. But, you know, sometimes that's what I do. Like, I this is what they're looking at because they think you're going to do this and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it, it, you could keep taking it to another level so you gotta yeah. do gotta do your due diligence one way but as a fighter and as a coach and it's also finding that balance while while looking at those uh videos for yourself anyway um also using it to keep your your fighters head up to keep your fighter engaged in the idea that he can win that 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 Without he does have this right. idea yep. not not to obsess over it so much that the fighter starts thinking oh yeah. man this guy is really good you know and there are things you can do and and i always ask i'm very fortunate because as a doing performance coach and i have ray and so despite the fact that many conditioning and strength coaches um think that they know everything there is to know to the contrary the skill coaches know the most they do fighting they're around fighting. They see things, so I can run things by them. But one of the things I like to do is when you talk in terms of, I, I love knowing what one of my opponents are going to be doing. Are they a wrestler? Are they a stand-up fighter? Because the reason for that is you can also bring confidence through, skill, through strength training to your fighter. So you could be working on things that are typically a, a biomotor, if you will, weakness on them. Maybe they're a tremendous stand-up fighter with a great tank and they never get tired, but they're a little weaker on the ground. So in performance training, what do we do? We do certain types of training modalities and, and protocols that help them believe that they're going to be stronger on the ground. They can take somebody off of them. They can launch somebody or they just vice versa. That stand-up fighter you know, um, that needs to make sure that they can't be taken down or the, the wrestler that needs to feel better on their feet. So even in strength and conditioning, to your point, strength and conditioning, ladies and gentlemen, is not just about muscle spindles and golgi tendons and stretch shortening cycles. It's also about making a fighter believe that what they're doing in that strength and conditioning program is going to help them take that opponent on. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a definitely a mind-body connection. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. Yes. Uh, wait. Let me just interrupt one thing. So April Thompson was the girl's name, and April, I'm a huge fan of yours now. This is what she writes. It's so funny when you interrupt Mike. I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. All of you guys have good chemistry. April, I'm just warming up, man. I wish I really. I'm so upset he's not here tonight because. Uh, I was going to unleash a wrath on the poor Can guy tonight. Can we have tonight. someone sit in and pretend to be yeah. Mike? Can we just we get like, just maybe like a cardboard in. cutout? <laughs> or but, but, yeah, but that well, old John Candy by. movie <laughs> where he, John Candy, didn't he date like a cardboard or a blow-up doll? Let's just, let's just get, a, get a fat head and just tape it to the mic so I could <laughs> get aggravated fat. during the podcast. I a Mike donuts. fat head on the wall. Yeah. Let's do, can I think you came up with something. But April, thank you very much for that. And... Uh, 
man, I'm, I'm glad you were laughing. That's that's part of the reason of doing this podcast, entertaining, entertaining everybody. And I mean, we got a lot more where that's coming from. So I'm sorry he's not here tonight. So we'll just we'll bash him a little bit. And I think the fathead idea is great. Let's Wonderful. Just, yeah. You guys had a a, a friend Nick uh, Vendikos uh, from New York who writes, "Hey guys, who is the best?" Future super middleweight white collar boxer you and Tony Ricci currently train. That's funny. I get, I recall a guy named Nick. Yeah, it's funny. I'm almost yeah. Nick uh, Vendicos comes to mind, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, yeah, uh, maybe I don't know St. John's. Yeah. That has something to do with it. That's my alumni yeah, right there. Yes. The, was he the assistant athletic director? Yeah, he's in, uh, he's in the athletic department yeah. there. Absolutely, yeah. he's a Johnny, and uh, yeah, yeah he's, he came in and um, doing some some boxing work with Ray and having a good time. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about boxing. By the way, everyone can do it, and right. it's wonderful for everyone. Right. So, it's Nick, I don't know who the best is. We're, we're hoping after a couple years with Ray, you will be, though. I can assure you. Of that. <laughs> and we have your opponent. His name is Mike Resigliano. <laughs> we're already lining him up. Mike's already telling me he's yeah. already saying he's got tennis elbow yeah, yeah. and yeah, I'm sure whatever else. I'm sure got. he'll he'll listen to this he's podcast got. and come in with a neck brace <laughs> next week. He's already got it figured out why you yeah. can't. Uh, uh, keeping on boxing, uh, Juan from Texas, and shout out to Texas. I feel like I was reborn in Texas at Lackland Air Force Base yeah. uh, back in the day. So shout out to Texas, and thanks, Juan, for your question. Juan writes, Steve mentioned Felix Trinidad. Didn't know you were a boxing fan. Do you guys have favorite boxers, and what leaves an impression for you about them? Uh, uh, Felix the... Tito Trinidad, I absolutely loved. I was a boxing fan back in the day, Juan. There was, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure how old you are. But back in the day, they'd be like Tuesday night fights on the USA Network. I would watch oh, yeah. them all the time when I was in the military. And I, I, it was free TV on a Tuesday night. And you might see Macho Camacho. You would see the uh, really back. Really big fights. Big and, fights. And Sean O'Grady, great. I think, was yeah. the commentator who was and phenomenal at the time and was a great fighter himself. Absolutely. Bobby yeah. Chez was on there. Bobby like, Chez was another good fighter and a great, great uh, announcer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ferdy Pacheco, like the Showtime crew would do it. And, and it was really great. And... and uh, yeah, man, I love Danny Romero, all those little guys, Johnny Tapia. These is when they there were wars going on on Tuesday nights on the USA Network. And Felix Trinidad was definitely one of my favorites. The way that he would he would get, you know, I'm a nerd, Juan, so I, I associate all this with life. And this Tito Trinidad would go down in the second round and knock someone's head off in the eighth. I'm always I'm always a fan of that stuff. And before him, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. I, I remember yeah, being yeah. so impressed. You want to talk about uh, impression? Watching Chavez fight Greg Haugen in 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 Mexico for uh, in front of a hundred thousand people, something ridiculous like that. Of course, I was watching on TV, but to watch that and then to watch him beat uh, Hector Macho Camacho in such a convincing way, just a grinding fighter. And and, and uh, Juan at the time for me, I was a you know teenager basically but uh but yeah that was that was all impression for me and to this day uh with my dear friend jenny nadell i try to get that felix trinidad left hook <laughs> not quite the same man but i'm working nice. at it yeah for, for me one i gotta tell you man i grew up with like the uh, sugar ray leonard awesome era and i i'm gonna say probably my favorite favorite fight uh, lightning fast combinations with a great blend of power and speed and Beautiful movement, pretty to watch, could get you out with one punch, could barrage you with 20. Uh, and the other guy, the other two people come to mind, Roberto Duran, yes. as a 130-pounder, as a lightweight, yeah. was at that time 
the Mike Tyson of, of that division. Yep. Now, you lost the fight before you even stepped in there with him. It, it almost killed me to watch him fight heavier because yeah. at 130 pounds or 35, he was unbeatable, mm -hmm. and the guy was the guy was brutal. He was an animal. Uh, man, I remember watching a fight with my father. I, I would love to know what year it was, but he fought Esteban de Jesus, I think, I in— where was that fight? And that, it was like 95 degrees. It was outside. I think it was in Panama. And some of those old fighters like that were phenomenal. But Duran, an absolute tenacious beast. He's a that bad human being. Really, really as, a one, as a lightweight. Man, yep. And then I think for consistency and power, Marvin Hagelin, nobody beat this guy. He was able to you know, maintain a training regimen for like 14 or 15 title defenses that was unheard of and and this is at a time when boxing was deep huge, each division huge, totally was deep huge, you know exactly. i mean you know but we came out of those 76 olympics man with leonard uh howard davis the sphinx brothers stacked, yep. uh, i mean how many gold medals did we win that year i mean it was phenomenal we'll never see we that again four to five gold you I know and they year. were fighting the cubans who were Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Cubans were dangerous. You got to remember, yep. and at that time, these are all kids, 17 That's years right. old, 18 years old, fighting men. Seasoned. 29, 30 year old fighters. men. What do you think changed? What, what do you think has changed since then that we're not producing the same amount of, of fighting, the same caliber of boxing athletes? Uh, I mean, I, I so think. We had like a couple well, of Well, yeah, I mean, I don't really, I, honestly, here's the, here's the deal. I don't really, I'm not really sure, but I can't even watch it anymore, Olympic boxing. I don't think they prioritize it. The rules are completely different. So they promote. A lot of running and tapping. Yeah. Who knows if what? If you're they... a good American boxer, you'll get spanked. Yeah, moment. right. But the, back <laughs> in the day, with you know, even when the Cubans had Tilafalo Stevenson, Taylor Stevenson, I mean, the guy was unbeatable. You know what I mean? And there was just a different period of time. It was just rich, and maybe there's more avenues for these guys, other sports they could go into. But something happened because. You know, uh, boxing in the 80s was, was incredible. Was crazy in the late mid 70s to 80s. And I'm not familiar with Duran as much. Of course, I know who Roberto yeah. Duran is. I Ph know that phenomenal Nomas as a lightweight. Yeah. I know that he's got a very unknown cameo, of course, in the Rocky movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but um, what was his? You said he was like the Mike Tyson at, at 130 pounds. Mike well, he Tyson's was like, demise yeah. was. Basically a lifestyle outside of the ring. Right. Was his similar or did he ride out? Well, he, he definitely went up in weight, so I'm sure he was a crazy man also. But he came to fight. He got stronger as the fight went on. He would just break you. I mean, the guy was relentless and great body puncher. Uh, just, a, just an in-your-face type of guy. A little awkward, I would say, but... Hit like a mule. I mean, with hands of stone yeah, for peaking. a reason. Yeah, Again, you know, like man. when you have hands of stone at 130, 130 pounds, pounds. Right. sometimes they're not stone anymore when you get up to 160 or 170. You know what I mean? That, you know, it's maybe clay at that point. It's but but you know what I'm saying? Like he just went up too boxing. many yeah, weight classes. Yeah. And to his credit, he fought he some hung. really freaking good guys, <laughs> he, man. He did. They, he fought the best. At he the, fought in the those best classes. of the best. And I, I'm saying he was way past where he was. And I, when I say the Mike Tyson effect, I'm saying back in those days, you you lost a fight before you got in there with him. I think Tyson had that effect that you would just, you know, it was like George Foreman. I mean, you know, nobody went past two rounds with him. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So I remember as a kid, uh, the local movie theater had in the marquee that the, the Leonard uh, Duran 2 mm -hmm. was on closed circuit in the movie theater. Closed circuit TV was... 
That's how we, yeah, yeah. Agla Hearns was a We yeah. watch it that way. And, and I remember people saying, oh, it's going to come a time when you'll be able to just put on your TV and order it, and everybody's like, well, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. almost like looking at the old Get Smart, and the guy's <laughs> yeah. talking in his shoe, and you think it's retarded. Now, guys got, they're talking into their wristwatches, exactly, and, yeah. you know. Yeah, you, so tr- you, and, and then you have, I mean, uh, uh, you're talking about science. You're, uh, Tony, you're, you wear clothing that is monitoring heart rates. You're, you're monitoring all kinds of stuff now. I mean, yeah, the science yeah. is there. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, absolutely. Just to watch where, to, you know, how these guys perform at their best, when they're performing at their best. And that gives you insight into the whole psychological side of it. That's that, you know, science is about not just right now, just monitoring the body. It's about monitoring their head and the body changes based upon the head, right? I, I, Ray and I have seen this. We've seen in, in uh, camp guys who were good on the ground and who are home on the ground go at a torrid pace yeah. and have a heart rate of 140. Hmm. Torrid pace. Heart rate barely moves because they're home. And, and that's Stand re- them up mindset. with a small and pace that, and, that's and they're re- 170. Yeah, that, that's the, that that's matters, the reason... You really have to get the the fight. The sparring should be harder than the fight because then you're Agreed. never taken out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But now we got to balance safety with that. You do because it becomes a little crazy. But it you is, know, it's hard. but if hey, listen, if it's like if you really love fighting, your heart rate's not going anywhere. Yeah, you love it. You know what I mean? Like I saw a guy not take a fight once. He was sniffling in the dressing room and he just didn't want to fight. I'm like, you know what? If Jay Z was down the block at a concert, would you be there? You would be there. That's right. So if you, uh, but Same a guy that wants to fight, you can't stop him from fighting. Well, I wouldn't no matter. Rob, what, well, how yeah. about as an example? Right, yeah. Last time yeah. fighting, not feeling it. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, he had that a hundred percent the flu, and you know these guys. There's a language barrier, but he even said he knew after the first round. Wow, this this shit was more serious than you know. Like, <laughs> and there's a there. there's a guy that never complains about yeah, anything. No. You know what I mean? You see him. Laying out in the snow. I mean, the guy does some wacky stuff. But to but your point, he was yeah. ready to fight. Oh anyway. no, he was. You ain't keeping him out. Yeah, he yeah, he he was pushing, man. Did you have a favorite boxer? Yeah, in short, um, Ray mentioned him. Uh, Hagler was my. I was grew up Hagler. Well, he yeah. was bigger than uh, Leonard, right? Was wasn't Hagler? Yeah. He was the bald headed. He was yeah, a middleweight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Leonard at his at his heyday was a welterweight, one forty seven. Yeah. Right. Um, Hagler was a 60-pounder. He was a middleweight. And Duran really was a 35-pounder. He was a lightweight. Yep. So 147, that's where Floyd Mayweather is. That's where That Felix, was a welter, yeah. That's but where, that's but where Mayweather also as a 130-pounder, you'd have to look it up. He started like I mean, he... How would he, he do against a Duran? Eh, you know, those things are always hard to say. Those I mean, I'm, I could tell you, like... I mean, look, he was undefeated. That would, that would be a great fight. I'm saying Duran... You know, probably would have broke him. Would he broke but, him, or would he be as frustrated as he was with Leonard? Well, that not at one thirty. I don't think. He I would don't. Be. That, that that's way. the I difference. You know, I mean, you got to yeah. remember he's frustrated at a bigger weight because he's got a bigger, faster guy, and he's used to being the. Uh, I think he's used to being the bigger guy. I'm just saying, Duran at 135 pounds was a totally different beast than he was at 147. That's a bit. Listen. Back in those days, there was every five pounds was a weight class, right? right? And and you're also at a time when you had to fight 15 rounds, which is a huge it's difference. I mean, that's the that's other thing. It's not time, like man. you got 10 or 12 rounds. You got another three, and these guys were cranking. So I seen great fighters move up five pounds and and lose to to the champion. That's a, that right. was a big thing back then because I think the competition was so. 
so close that that five pounds was huge. 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 You know what I mean? That's why this is crazy in the UFC with 15 pounds. That's a big, that's a big sway, man. If they had weight classes every five every you know up every five pounds i think it would be a lot different man. yeah and you could graduate that every five yeah, at the lower I've seen, you know, they, maybe move it to seven or eight at the heavier but certainly cut that yeah, down i mean a there bit. was who the hell came up to fight i think salvador sanchez was another guy died way too early but he yeah. was indestructible carlos monzon was another yeah, guy but you go up like five pounds against one of those guys you, can, you, you know i think home. even like wilfredo Seriously. gomez was a great fighter he just got slaughtered yeah you know so yeah, I yeah, don't know. So I, I don't like sure. to compare, like, you know, this guy who beats that. I mean, I would have loved to have seen it, but I'm saying that 135, that guy was a was he a beast. He must have been fast at 135. He was a beast. I feel like my guys, the, the guys I liked a lot, the Chavez and Trinidad, the speed started beating them when, when Chavez fought. And this was in 93 in San Antonio while I was in uh, Military Police Academy. Uh, Chavez fought uh, Pernell Whitaker. And Pernell Whitaker was just Sweet so beat. fast. Yeah, yeah. Sweet he beat. was so no, I he liked was good. So fast. Uh, I'm not sure what Whitaker, happened. With Whitaker him, was man. a really slick <laughs> he, southpaw. He was. Man. Man. And, and he was a southpaw to boot, which exactly. made it like. But yeah, he's. I don't know if he's underrated, but I don't think he was the most exciting guy to watch. But he if wasn't. you're a boxing fan, I love watching. I'm surprised that there's not more stuff of his footwork and his timing yeah, out yeah. there because he was way ahead of his time. And Trinidad, of course, beat. He he won, but I feel like Delahoya probably won the fight against Trinidad again, beat out by speed, yeah. and, and then Bernard Hopkins. Yeah, and Hopkins that. I left <laughs> off my list, but later day, latter day, I, I like really Bernard Hopkins and James Tony. And what I liked about James Tony was that was a middleweight that ended up beating a lot of heavyweights, yeah. and he would stand right in front of you. You really couldn't hit him, and he'd get you out of there. That yeah. guy was a one sixty well, pound. Him and Roy Jones were the big thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jones was yeah. A, yeah. Jones was another guy. Incredible. You know, just just a gift. But Jones was a freak. He really was. He was a gifted athlete. And I remember talking to a buddy of mine, Scott Lopek, was a really good fighter from Long Island, and his thing with Jones was, you know, I, he's just not getting hit in the gym. So the first time he started getting touched up a little bit. That's a new thing for him. That was his theory, and I think yeah. it, it holds water. You know, they're bringing in guys he's just having his way with, and then when the going started, you know, when he got a little older and he started getting hit a little bit, he he wasn't taken to that right, too good. Right. But him as, you know, if you look at a highlight reel, I mean, a guy's throwing 15 left hooks in a row, and hit, he did some Incredible. wacky some stuff. Totally, and, yeah, did things And there was a guy, another guy relaxed. You know, he's he's in the audience watching all the fights, and he's fighting, he's playing basketball the day before. You know, this guy, he was, was he was gifted. He was he's definitely a gifted athlete, and getting hit, getting hit matters. And, and let's actually talk about that. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. We've made it to Episode 9. Thank you so much for all your feedback. You can check out MMAandBeyond.com. To contact and connect with Ray Longo, you can check out Ray Longo MMA. That's on Instagram, on Twitter. You can visit the gym website, which is LawMMA.com. That's LawMMA.com. Connect with Tony Fightshape Ricci. You could visit Fightshape underscore Ricci. That's on Instagram and Twitter, or the Fight Science Institute. Of course, you can visit that as well. We're talking about getting hit, and Samantha from New Jersey writes, Frankie Edgar fighting Cub Swanson April 21st. Is that too soon for Frankie? Isn't this a head trauma issue? We talked about this with Bisbing. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. I think that's a, that's a really good question. I love Frankie Edgar, love Mark Henry. 
I'm sure they have a better handle on it than me, but it, it does seem, you know, because he had to get suspended from that fight. He that got wasn't, hit hard, man. And, it, and, and he got even if, off the ground. listen, technically, if they suspend you no contact for 30 or 60 days, you're not supposed to be even in the gym. Now, that's hard to monitor, but they're still almost supposed to just come by the athletic commission and just check up on yep. you. And I mean, if you really want to do your job right, so, you know, you know, there's still things to be squared away. You know, and this is, I think, one of them. But I hope he's all right. You know, but that was a that's a rough one to come back that soon against a guy Cub Swanson, against right? Against Cub, could, and, and and I I like you know like I can't speak. I would say without bias because I love Fra- like right. Frankie's yeah, not yeah. only one of my favorite fighters, but just yeah. I like him because of who he is. Right, exactly. And, and, like and so guy. I there's a, probably an overprotective feel, and I'm not speaking for him. I'm just talking from a strictly physiological perspective. I would just say too, you know, he he's not 23 anymore. Yeah, that's the other and, thing. Age and, starts to yeah, catch up, and, creep and up the, on you, especially in the lighter weight class. Yes, and that and the brain, the brain just needs a little bit bigger break when you start turning the corner of 30s and. I don't know, what's Frank, 35, 36? 30, 35 or 36, probably. Yeah, and, you know, so this, again, this is just not me making a decision. I'm, I'm not by any means qualified to say. I'm not in the camp. Yeah. Just this is from a fan and a, and a guy who cares about seeing these, you know, a great guy like Frankie Edgar it continue to excel and, and have a healthy life later. It just not, it's, you know, to me it seems a little close, but yeah. and I think, I think they Mark, make the right. Mark yeah. has a great relationship, exactly. but I, I can't see him doing anything. He would never. Would, Right. I agree so, with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I was surprised to hear it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was way too early and, you know, let him regroup a little bit. But let's see what happens. He probably, you know, knowing Frankie, man, too. I mean, he wanted to fight that night. He <laughs> definitely wasn't <laughs> totally he out. He wanted to get it back up on no, the he, horse. No, oh, he wanted, uh, there was no way he was stopping. I, I, that's the probably crazy. training on the way home. So I think, <laughs> yeah, I think for a guy like him, he just wants to get back in there as quick as possible and just erase that. And that's probably where the head the mind is going with right, that right yeah and he is i think 36 so yeah oh is we he 36 yeah and that's yeah. you know just again like ray said though i trust mark henry wholeheartedly and love frankie edgar and so let's uh let's hope he's all cleared out and hey tell you what i mean from the same pers- we're all going to be there so it's always fun to to watch frank fight so yeah, we're yeah. all big fans yeah you know and it is it is an interesting balance where the coaches come in here where you do want, you have a fighter who wants to get back on the horse, and you want to make sure that should they get back on, it's knowing your fighter. You just yeah, said yeah, knowing yeah. Frankie. You right. you know knowing right. Frankie. He's probably training on the way home, and that uh, is finding that balance between letting them be who they are and at the same time protecting them. I'm sure that their team has that figured out. But sure. that's a great I mean, question. Yeah, and they just had they just had like the greatest fights on. I don't know if anybody's been. Yeah, following. it's been on. I uh, forget which one him and Gray Maynard one was. I think when, I think it was the first. I right? mean, he was knocked yeah. down. He was rolling the right. You just can't stop that guy. Yeah, I mean, you, you they've know. been playing that. They're like yeah. The top twenty five fights. And I mean, of all just time, to man. Frankie's credit, man, he came back and beat a really bigger dude yeah. convincingly twice. Right? I mean, he came back to do that after Frankie's that fight. So great. just yep. talk about mindset and, you know, he, got he it, just yep. doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it. He's a, uh, he's an anomaly mindset wise. Cause there's a guy that he might still not be at his weight class, according to what we he's were even talking dude. about. See, but that's what I, it goes back to almost our first question. Well, Frankie's not a big dude at all, but at 55, that's what he's walking around at. Man, he had a really great run at 55. Mm-hmm. So that might go – that kind of goes to where we're going, That what we were saying about you know what you're getting with Frankie at 55 because you're watching him fight at right, 55. Right, right, yeah. And that's a guy that was small and, man, 
I mean, you know, Maynard was a good wrestler, man. Frankie was, was taking him totally. down. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know. He's, he should go down for that reason as probably the best fighter ever in the UFC, only because he was undersized wow. and he fought in different weight classes. He's right there. And, yeah, I mean, I can't. And I, I can make a case it. for him not losing any of those fights yeah. he lost, with the exception of the last one. You know what I mean? And, and the Aldo one, I think, you know, the last one. But the first Aldo fight was close. The totally. Henderson fights. I don't know. They could have won. I don't know. I mean, I thought Frankie won those fights. And Henderson is huge. He's he freaking was, huge. Yeah, definitely. Looks you like know? Welter. I mean, yeah. a stacked Welter. And, you know. So there's a guy that, I don't know, he should be an inspiration for a lot of people. Agreed. And, and so you, you want to you want to ask then what what role the UFC, what role, whatever, this would be cleared by a commission of some sort. So he would have to ha pass some sort of tests to... Oh, yeah, no, to they're going to they're gonna, so. they're gonna look at him. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I would even say, there's a, who knows what will happen. They're, they're going to put him through a battery of tests. I think Jersey's pretty tough, so they're not going to look stupid and take you know let him fight if they don't think he should be fighting, right. so... What a great fight that uh, that would be. And again, that's a April 21st. And shout out to Frankie Edgar, man. We love your heart. And we yeah. we uh, we wish you the best always. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. Let's do some more questions. If you have questions, you want a, uh, a guest on the show or uh, for us to cover a particular topic, make sure you can reach out to us. Of course, you can reach out to Ray Longo, Ray Longo MMA. You can reach out to me, Steve Maraboli. You can reach out to Fight Shape, Ricci, Fight Shape underscore Ricci. And of course, if you're downloading this on iTunes, Please give us some reviews. I see some great reviews. We've got all five-star reviews, so thank you all so much who are doing it. If you could just continue, you don't even have to say anything. Just click the five stars. What, what happens is that helps other people find our podcast in the entertainment and sports uh, categories. And, and so when people aren't looking for it or don't know that we're out there, it'll pop up on their uh, suggestions. So we really appreciate that so much. We are at like a hundred thousand listeners, so that's wow, well done, wow. that's oh, in, you in, guys did a great job in nine episodes. Well, in eight episodes, the ninth oh, one will bring that. us over for sure. So we really appreciate now, it. How, how many, how many was that? A hundred thousand. Now, how many of those hundred thousand can we attribute to Mike Empsig Resig? What's his <laughs> empty, name? Empty, empty, empty Resig. Humpty Dumpty, <laughs> empty. What? What is it again? <laughs> empty receipt. Yeah. How many of those? It'd probably uh, be him easier. And, his, and, and the people he tells. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think it'd be easier to count the single digits <laughs> oh, as opposed to trying God. to derive a percentage. We, is that we, what you're saying? Right. And, and I'm pr I'm proud of it because we have been really cautious. You and I talked about this before we started, Ray. That we would be cautious about promoting it. We'll make sure that it feels right, that yeah, it feels exactly. good, and and so we're just starting now. So knowing that it's it's only going to get uh, more popular, and again, this is this is a show for all of you. And I'm a, I'm a, a fan, and of course, surrounded by professionals in this industry. So uh, it's an honor for me, and we'll keep going. And let's do some more questions. Questions from uh, let's do uh, Thomas in Miami. Thomas, do you guys did you guys watch the Conor McGregor's documentary on Netflix? What did you think? Can you recommend any good documentaries? Anyone watch that? I have not. I concede yeah, no, that I, I have, have not, not seen no, it have yet. Not seen Thomas, Thomas I got to tell you, I didn't even know it existed, and chances are I wouldn't watch it anyway. But not, I don't have anything against Conor McGregor. But when I watch documentaries on on, on uh, Netflix, they tend to be absolutely ridiculous and not based in any sort of truth. So. That wouldn't be for me, but do you guys, uh, is it about his rise to, to the level he's at? Or 
I wonder what it would even be about, but uh, I have no idea. It's probably a good it. story. Conor McGregor's story is good. That it's kind of a rags to riches story. No, it definitely. The guy put the time question, in. Yep. He put the dedication, and I love how much he loves his family. I love him and his fiance or wife's their story. You can see her with him from the beginning, and you know a, a, every guy can appreciate that. You've been with your wife for a thousand years. You can you can appreciate that level uh, of, right, of, slow of, down. of slow uh, down. I, uh, I can't appreciate anything, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> So my wife's 57. She still gets a period. You know what I mean? Like, what did I do to deserve that in life, Steve? You're a behavioral scientist. Can you tell me what I did? Let me think. Can you tell me what I did to deserve that? I'm sure 57. You, know you still get your period. I mean, you know what that's going to do to me? Oh my God. I Best days me. ahead. The, the price yeah. we pay. <laughs> the price we pay. I got a good documentary though. I think it's called "Stop It Nothing" about Lance Armstrong. That is a documentary, I think. But if you want to really get into the mind of a freaking sociopath, and you'll understand these guys lying about did mm. they do it, didn't they do it? And I think, uh, you know, the UFC's own Jeff Nowinski had something to do with bringing that guy down in that case. But that is a phenomenal documentary. Just stop to, at nothing. Stop at nothing, I believe is it. But it's the Lance, uh, Lance Armstrong documentary on... How there were a million, not a million people, a lot of people knew what he was doing, and he still had the balls to get up and say. It's how he. Yeah, yeah it's just it how he incredible. did it. Yeah, it's like, how many times do I have to tell you? I have no, I mean, this is what you're dealing with. He's yeah. not, he's not the anomaly. Oh, you I, know what I mean? That's the well, problem. They, now, you know, just to, as a quick note, they, they, and I can't substantiate it to the T, but the estimate isn't when you're talking in terms of the Tour de France field. Yeah. They say if you really wanted to find and isolate the guy who probably was clean, the first guy regarding placings, you're probably going to somewhere in the range of 28 to 30. Wow. What do you so mean? Oh, wow. That means 1 through 28 or 29 are doing the same thing. Oh, I thought so you were talking like about like bicycle rides. I was thinking like uh, Butch Cassidy riding the bike. He was clean. <laughs> yeah, he, 20, he looked like he no, was struggling. 19, not 19, <laughs> but maybe the 28th place guy or the 29th place guy might be the first individual they say that you're bumping wow. into that didn't have a date with EPO at some point as an example. But but that's a great document. Yeah. I think I really suggest that to everybody because you'll understand more about substance abuse and the mind of these guys and how arrogant narcissistic they are it's it was mind-blowing to me literally mind-blowing what this guy was doing yeah. what a, a total piece of shit he um I, I, again it, it, i it was the way that the, I, that shocked me i'm like i don't even want to use the words that i had for him but but i agree with ray it was it was a denial that oh, was yeah. with arrogance. Yeah, no, but like, like being like, aggravated. I'm gonna say, like, would... I would agree with that if he was the only guy that knew him and one other guy. Right. But there were other people that know it. You know, it's like when you're watching a guy and you know what the truth is, and the guy's up there acting. It, it's horrible. Yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. horrible. Brutal to watch. It's brutal to watch. You know what I mean? So you could check. <laughs> it. I don't know if you, they like boxing. He was doing the Austin Powers. Some good boxing documentaries out there, though. He was doing the Austin Powers. Oh, that's not mine. And they're like, here's, here's <laughs> no, your receipt. No, it's not mine. Here's a here's the book with you in it. Like, all right, you stop denying it. It's it's all yours. But that's it. Goes back to that idea of having the system, the whole system itself. You said one through twenty, we're all dirty in that sense. But yeah, maybe it's high. It's, it's the it's the culture that that's in there. But how much of that is mindset? I wonder. And again, being a nerd, I wonder how much you can give someone a completely inert placebo. 
that would be uh, that would be them for to think it's some sort of uh, PED and just have the mindset that you're on it. It would completely change it. I don't know. That's a great like. I don't think that's bringing somebody from thirty to the top five, right? But thirty to fifteen. I, look, the mind. The bottom line is, is and, I, and I, I say this to my students all the time, the brain is everything. Period. Because and and I don't like to use this analogy, Steve, because God forbid I don't wish it on anybody. But we all know what happens. If you cut, God forbid, you cut the spinal cord at C3, C4, you can't breathe on your own. Never mind muscular movement. Right. Never. Most bodily functions shut down. Nothing happens in the human body without permission from the brain. You're a behavioral scientist. You studied it. You know what mindset does. Mindset changes paradigm. physiology. Yeah, I, it changes human physiology to the point where a bad weight cut, like Ray was saying yeah. earlier, could get into somebody's head. Oh, yeah, the just... body changes. If the brain does not want to go forward, it's going to shut the body down, period. Whether it that's due to physiological reasons, psychological reasons. And, and the analogy always that everybody always gives, remember Roger Bannister, right? Roger Bannister yeah. taking 10 years to break, I don't know, I think it's close to 10 years to break the four-minute mile. Doing it, trying against 20 to 30 other guys to break the four-minute mile. He breaks it, and then everybody and their grandmother is breaking it two months later. Now, right. you're going to tell me after that many years of training or, th that physiologically there was a change? There was zero change. Yeah, I'm the, agreeing with you. And I, I think that's sometimes, look. In the body of those who uh, Let me it. bring it back to boxing since this is like a fight a fight podcast but Pepino Cuevas man was on I mean he was 30 and 0 I think with 29 knockouts <laughs> he goes up against Thomas Hearns and gets starched yeah. the guy was never the same yeah now the reason now Hitman was he the same yeah he was the same but you know what was different everybody looking at him I saw him Perfect. get knocked out I'm knocking him out Perfect and enough. that's what I think happens and then that's he's a little hesitant it. but I think he's the same guy but now other people are going to look at him differently. You know, he's not untouchable. Same thing happened with Tyson, technically. After he lost, it was, you know, he was... Beatable. He was beatable, you know, and that's... Exactly. You know, yeah, right. Okay. And Anderson Silva's having... He's struggling winning exactly. a fight now. Right. It's you know? in the brain. Agreement with reality defines yeah. your life. And that's just... The, that's the way that it goes. We refer to it as the egocentric paradigm where cognitive scientists don't... They, they, the reason they still can't agree with what consciousness actually is is because their whole thing is that nobody actually touches reality. We all mm. touch our interpretation of reality. Right, right, and right. so to have right, that right. conversation, they'll, they'll be having that, what's, what actual consciousness is because most of the things that are happening in your brain are happening and the thoughts you're processing are actually something your brain already concluded and it's kind of letting you know in the after. So Amazing. It's, a, it's, it's an interesting Amazing. thing to watch when we talk about these things and knowing about placebos, the reason it works yeah. The fact that we have the idea of a placebo no change in physiology, or the opposite, right? the nocebo, the, the fact that it even works, uh, that you can take something completely inert and have a psychological and physiological adjustment and to it. And change physiology yeah, because of it. Is, be no, is how powerful absolutely that no question reality is. Powerful stuff. Let's, let's, uh, let's close up by asking uh, what this week comes up for you. You got so many fighters, so many people going in camp, different fighting on different nights. What you got coming up this week? Man, we got we're gonna close out Al's camp. And, Ally uh, Quinta fighting, yeah. fighting Paul Felder, April seventh in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, you know, keep uh, everybody else going. Marab Sazaki. Uh, hopefully, Marab gets an opponent. Yeah. Al Jermaine so. Sterling, Jenny Nadell, a couple of the local people fighting on the uh, Brooklyn card kickboxing. He's stacked on the thirteenth. Yeah. So this is a crazy month. 
Um, Al Jermaine's brother won the other night. Oh, yeah. That's what, by the way, right? that's what I forgot all about that. that. Another super nice guy. Yeah, great guy. guy. Uh, he's going to be fighting in the ring of combat, too, in June. And here's another super talented guy. If he really gets the training down, and there's a guy that needs the mindset to just keep mm -hmm. getting to the gym and getting better because he is super talented Gifted. also. Ring yeah. of combat's great for him. I think that's a great thing. And uh, it was great, man. He's, he's a tough kid, man, because even in his first fight – he went in like he's going in half loaded, to, not half loaded that way, but he's not fully armed. He's just, I've his his work ethic needs work. I mean, he really is a sweet kid. He's great. He's super talented. Man, I'd love to see that guy just go after it. I mean, that's kind of what I texted him. You got the skill. You know what to do. I mean, just make the commitment and mm -hmm. do it. What and becomes I, the barrier there? So when you have a guy like that who you know he wants it, he wants it. What becomes that barrier between that? Is it? Well, is it the that thing is, I'm not sure he does want it because okay. I think if you did want it, that you would, you would go. Make the adjustments I think in the I, be I believe so. Yeah. Because uh, what I find in in fighters sometimes is that they aren't given the the opportunity that a lot of athletes are, where they can just focus on yeah. this. They do have to have other jobs and all that kind of stuff. Is that? Uh, and, uh, and I think with Aljo's brother too, you know, he does spot people in the gym, and I don't, I don't know, we'd have to talk to him, and uh, that would be he's be. <clears throat> I think he'd be an interesting guy to talk to too, but I think he looks and it looks probably easier than it is. And he spars some guys and he's doing good, but that's one little dimension and mm. aspect of everything, you know, the road work and the hill running and the, you know, the constant sparring and the drilling and the pad work that, you know, man, I'd love, I, I, for me, even as a coach, I'd love to see where he could go if he was training That's the right great. way. He's in the right place, man. Yeah, he's yeah, got and, he, and he's a good guy, him. but he, and he helps out everybody, so yeah, he's, hopefully he's for June 2nd, he gets a little attention. And we yeah. go right back to what we were talking about, shaping that mindset of, yeah. of, of, of someone who has endless potential. And that's the thing about potential that people get confused. Potential doesn't mean that it will happen. It means that it can happen. Absolutely. You, the bridge between potential and reality is you and your behavior. So making that decision and having a behavior that's conducive to the growth of your professional career matters. And then, and then if you can do it in a healthy way, even, even better. What are you up to uh, this week? Fight shape Ricci? Well, let's see. We got a couple of things. Um, we'll finish up the book out of the FSI called uh, strategic. Uh, we cut strategic strategy, uh, strategic, <laughs> strategic, Strategies in weight cut. Systematic strategies in weight cut. You um, might want to change that name because it <laughs> might be a hard one to get out. Systematic <laughs> strategies in weight cut. But no, I've worked my tail off on this book, and it's going to be really good. We, In simple, here's what it does. Way before a fighter even considers going into the cage, from 12 weeks out, it's just going to have a checklist of everything we have to consider. Weight cut starts the day you find out your fighter got a fight. The weight cut doesn't start in camp. It doesn't start a week out. It starts the day you have your fight date. And what the book just does is it takes everybody right through that, step by step. You're going to have 400 things to think about during a weight cut. You make most of the decisions on how to do them. And, and that book will be out, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be very helpful to everyone. And then I'll be up in uh, Toronto just visiting with uh, Theodoro and Lachlan and wow. those guys just to say hi in that camp. But like that's the, my uh, week. And second, working with the second boys. Second City TV, those guys. Yeah. That's the... Uh, <laughs> It's the old Eugene Levy, Will Farrell stomping grounds, right? Where they That's all it, up yeah. There? It's a great place. Ah, it's great, Good man. Good stuff. Another fantastic show. Folks, you're listening to MMA and Beyond. Make sure you check out MMAandBeyond.com. Visit Ray Longo, Ray Longo MMA. You can visit LawMMA.com for the gym. 
Fight Shape Ricci is Fight Shape underscore Ricci, or you can check out the new Fight Science Institute, one word that's on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, you can reach me, Steve Maraboli, one word. I'm a pretty findable fella. This is MMA and Beyond. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Adios. Adios.